0: Welcome back to Travel Support Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) That's too much. No, it's not. That's too much. (laughs) Okay. Welcome back to Travel Support Thursday. We are back at home. We just got back from New Zealand.
1: Such a great trip. It's
0: nighttime. We are just super jet lagged, just incredibly jet lagged. We're awake and we're doing
1: it. It's (laughs) it's Travel Thursday. We are committed.
0: So, on today's episode, we're going to talk about our top three favorite places that we've ever been to. Just three? Just, I I guess. I mean, I don't know. The question actually only asked for one, but I figured I'd give us three thank you um we're gonna talk about this amazing list that buzzfeed just came out with of all these super useful travel gadgets and i put useful in giant air quotes for those of you uh listening hilarious
1: yeah we're just gonna we're gonna go down the list and see you know how how useful are they really
0: yeah like how yeah are any of them any good like Number one is a hairbrella. We're going to finally address this Patrick Wilson lookalike rumors that has just been showing up ever since we started doing this YouTube thing for me specifically.
1: Are you going to tell them the truth?
0: (laughs) That I am Patrick Wilson. And for the very last thing, we're going to talk about advice that we would give our parents if they were just retiring and just about to start traveling full time. What would we tell them?
1: Alright, we have uh, a lot of, of good questions to go through today. Yeah. Let's get started. Oh, but first.
0: Oh yeah. I right, mean, let's get this over with.
1: Don't begrudgingly do it. Travel Thursday.
0: Travel Thursday. We're jet lagged and
1: back at home. <laughs>
0: Okay, so before we get into the questions, I just wanted to talk about this poll that we put out today. We wanted to thank all of you for your input on this participation. You all get participation trophies. Uh, Virtual. They'll they'll be coming in the mail very soon. So the poll was basically for you YouTube watchers out there was, should we keep this podcast on our main channel Mm -hmm. or should we move it to its own channel or should we just like stop doing it entirely? (laughs) And out of those options, it was pretty overwhelmingly keeping it on this main channel, which even though the algorithm probably hates that. Mm. Honestly, I don't care. Like uh, we just wanna do what's best for all of you out there. And honestly, that's the thing that we want to. Yeah, so. and for
1: those of you that voted, you know, you don't listen or you don't watch the podcast or like you answered what podcast, we totally get it. You know, it's not for everyone, but if, you, if you're remotely interested, feel free to check them out. Otherwise, we're still going to keep doing though our normal three days in X or three weeks in New Zealand videos coming soon.
0: Yep. And the podcast is going to stay right here on the main channel because that I think makes the most sense and that's what everybody voted for. So that's what we're doing. Also, just a reminder, this is an audio podcast. So if you just want to like listen to this while you're on a run or doing the dishes or doing the laundry, just like whatever other things are happening in your life, You can just go to podcast.lisaandjosh.com and that'll bring you a list of all the links of where this is for your favorite podcast player and you can just search for us on whatever you normally listen to podcasts on
1: but if you also want to see how good our hair looks after being back in the salty air (laughs) just feel free to turn on youtube Behold, you know behold yay
0: all right so our first question from sharon papkin 8574 says hey guys what is your favorite city that you have visited Oof. and i thought that picking one was going to be impossible so i just said our three favorite places that each of us have ever visited so how do
1: you, how do you want to do this rapid fire i think or from like like meaningful. third
0: second first oh
1: we have to rank them all right all right
0: okay so Okay. So each of us have three in our heads. So why don't you just start with yours and you'll say yours and then I'll go to mine and then we'll... Okay. So do you got your three in your head? We'll just go one by one. You'll do one. I'll do one. This
1: just feels impossible, but here we go. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind is Tokyo and it's obviously an amazing city. So many people have been there and you know, like you can just keep going back and back. But the thing that makes it close to my heart. It, it was the first place that I ever took a solo trip to. Tokyo has to be on that list. I remember distinctly getting off the bus and and not having data, not, not knowing where I was going and just mm-hmm. being in shock and awe of what a magical place Tokyo was. And I'm sure this is like an easy answer for so many people because it's got all the amazing public transportation. Mm-hmm. It's just so different than any other place it's a magical
0: place. <laughs> it truly is. It truly is. And
1: the convenience stores, what?
0: Oh yeah, the convenience. Yeah, there's so much to love. Uh, I think for me, it's Interlaken, Switzerland. Oh. Just a spectacularly beautiful place, kind of yes. in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's not exactly easy to get to, but mm-hmm. I think that that's part of what makes it awesome. So much skiing there if you come during winter. Incredible views all year round. You can take a train up into the mountains. It's just It's just awesome. And I have this like very vivid memory of the first time that I went there. So there's this hostel that had a like hot tub right next to it in the campground that was right there. Mm -hmm. And I remember like buying some super cheap beers from the Lidl, I think, down the street and then bringing them back and drinking them in the hot tub while the snow was falling okay, on me, looking up yeah. at the mountains. And that's just one of those memories that I think is going to stick with me forever.
1: I mean, you went into so much detail there. So, I yeah, that paints a pretty magical. And Interlaken is an incredibly beautiful, beautiful place and just like a hub of cool adventures, but also beautiful nature. Yeah.
0: What's your number two? Or no, you're not ranking them. So, what's your what's your second place that you've been to that you love? What's your... <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's we're, another
0: we're very good at this today <laughs> we're very, okay all right so what's another what's another of your three favorite places that you've ever been to?
1: the the, the thing that comes to mind next is barcelona mm-hmm. and i know it's not it doesn't exist on youtube land yet like we haven't been there in the youtube era but it Barcelona blew me away. It's incredibly beautiful. It's a big city, but it also feels like a small, small town feel almost. Mm -hmm. There's so much art, there's so much history, there's so much good food. The people were incredibly friendly. I don't know, there was something really, there was like a great vibe to Barcelona that I can't really explain. It just holds a special place in my heart too. I remember that being the thing that like struck me the most, all the Gaudi Mm -hmm. art
0: and the food and the wine on the street yeah. and like the constant kind of like party atmosphere that exists there at mm-hmm. all times.
1: It was a pretty incredible.
0: I think my second one, sorry, is also Tokyo. Oh yeah. yeah. We're just,
1: so cliché. I know, but it's,
0: it's just like <laughs> it's the city that I compare every other city that I go to back to.
1: They're going to be a lot of upset people out there huh?
0: constantly because like the public transportation immaculate everything's super clean the city has like esoteric weird stuff as well as like gigantic touristy stuff and it's just got beautiful hotels vending machines vending machines everywhere a lot of things that are really affordable and a lot of things that are like way outside of our price range the food i mean maybe it's the place with the most michelin stars out of any city on planet earth Mm. i think that's true i think that's true
1: it's just so different there's so
0: much there's just so much
1: Typical, normal, the lives that we had before, kind of.
0: Yeah, and it felt like the first like really massive culture shock Mm -hmm. that I had on my trip. I think I went to, I think it was the third place that I went to on like my first time ever leaving the country. And I remember just feeling like it was so far away, but also just so accessible. So whenever people ask me like, hey, it's my first trip ever outside of the United States, where should I go? I always say Tokyo because it's safe. It's comfortable, but it's also going to feel totally different in basically every single way from where you came from. And I think that, that, that like, that mixture is just, it's just so rare. Mm -hmm. and It's just so cool. Oh, what a city. What a city. Okay.
1: Okay. I actually am going to make a last-minute swap because I thought I knew this next one, but I'm going to change it. My next most favorite city, the next one that comes to mind, is Wanaka, Mm -hmm. New Zealand. It's just We've been there twice now that once on this last trip, but also for the first time I went in 2019 or we went in the 2019 and there's just something about that town. It's incredibly peaceful. It's incredibly beautiful, surrounded by mountains, lakes and yeah. and I don't know. I just remember the feeling each time that we were in Wanaka and it felt like time stood still like. I was never in a rush. I never had to be anywhere else. Like this was the place that I needed to be. And Wanaka just has that special, like, I don't know, special draw. It's the nature, the people, the calmness. Mm-hmm. And it's not a huge city, you know. It's, no. not, it's not a massive city. But I think that's what makes it so incredibly amazing.
0: Yeah, I can safely say it's the only place in the world that as soon as I get there... I feel like I immediately want to like buy a piece of land, build a cottage on it, have 2.5 children, just like settle down and be, a, I don't know, a hops farmer for the rest of my and life. And you
1: did say specifically that you would get a dog there. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're a cat person.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what kind of person like Wanaka turns me into, but it's like, <laughs> it's like this very like peaceful cottagey sort of person <laughs> it's just uh, you know, it's, it's a nice place. It makes me feel very calm and at peace.
1: Also side note, I remember on our trip there in 2019, I specifically remember I had like some eye issue. I think my eye was really red and itchy. Mm-hmm. And I went, we remember I went to an ophthalmologist and it was in Wanaka. They were super kind. I remember feeling, oh, this is going to be weird. Is this the first time that I have to get healthcare outside of the US? Right. And, It was such a great experience. It was so easy. We went to the pharmacy and the pharmacist that gave us a prescription for my eyes, like gave me steroid drops. He had moved, I think, from the US to New Zealand. He said, I said, what brought you here? And he said, you know, I just came here and then I decided after my vacation, this is where I'm meant to be. (laughs) And I thought, "Yeah, yeah, there's something about Wanaka.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. What's yours? What is. So for me, my number one favorite place oh, anywhere ranking. on planet Earth. We even made a video about this place, saying that it's my favorite place in the world. Right? Like, so this is Langkawi, Malaysia. Yeah. Hmm. And I have so many good memories of this place, and I think some of it is nostalgia for like sure. We talked about last week. Absolutely, some of it is nostalgia, but this was like the first kind of unspoiled or like just right spoiled Island paradise Mm -hmm. that I had ever been to in my entire life. And it felt so far from home, but had so much adventure everywhere that you could go. Like, and I set up at this like tiny hostel in the jungle. And this was kind of well before this Western part of the Island was like fully built out in a lot of ways. It's changed a lot since then, but it's still amazing and rented a motorbike and just started driving from like hidden beach to other tiny hidden beach, to incredible waterfalls, to this place called Monkey Beach where I got like chased out of a park by a gigantic group of like hundreds of angry monkeys. Nostalgia? Well, I mean, that's like terror and fear, <laughs> but it's it was still, it was one of those memories that was just, I have so many good memories of this place that mm-hmm. are a direct result of just how like amazing, kind of remote, but still accessible it is. And just how like spectacularly, unbelievably beautiful it is. Yeah.
1: It seems like a lot of our favorite places are tied to like these these memories that we have yeah. and these like these core core experiences that we've had in these cities, which makes sense. There's something about places that we've been before that just that we hold on to. I don't know. I'm curious. If you out there have some favorite cities, share with share with us what your favorite cities are. We'd love to know why they're your favorite cities and what yeah. core memories make make them your favorite places
0: tell us about all the awesome things in the world that we don't know about yet okay let's move on uh to... ooh, <laughs> good old buzz here we go good old buzzfeed good old buzzfeed okay
1: so the title of this article is article in quotations this is my actually buzzfeed is my favorite form of reading and research so yeah i'm going to call it an article
0: yeah it definitely is
1: the title of this article is 32 small travel products that'll make a big difference during your next trip big big big
0: big difference okay so we got to start with number one here and the the thing is is that this article takes itself so seriously Are they, <laughs> so do you think they're outlandish. actually
1: taking themselves seriously or, or they're so. just they're just trolling all
0: of us? OK, so number one, a hairbrella. So just imagine yourself walking in Paris, right? It's oh, it's starting to rain outside. Oh, better duck into this croissant shop and pick out this beautiful croissant and then walk outside. Oh, man, the rain's gotten worse. Time to slip on my hairbrella. <laughs> So what this does is this effectively is a very, very aggressive looking hat. and It's
1: basically like a visor <laughs> but, attached. Yeah. In, in You imagine a visor attached to a satin bag that you put over your head. Right. It kind of looks like a baggy hat, but the visor. I mean, in some ways, like why would, I guess I'm trying how to see. How is this better than would, an umbrella? Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> how, is this, how is this even remote? Like an rains down on you and just gonna drip all over your hat i mean the person in this is literally wearing a plastic bag to prevent the rain off of their head so not only do you need the hat you also need the plastic bag that goes with it i
1: mean i guess i could see the use case where like if you're going to a gala abroad or you're going to a wedding and suddenly or it's gonna rain Uh i mean yeah sure i want to
0: protect my curls (laughs) okay but Wouldn't an umbrella do a better job than a hat with that?
1: You know, if you add wind and the angle of the rain. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Tell us what you think. (laughs) Would you use it? Hairbrella. So this number four, this number four on the list, silicone earplugs. Actually, I've used before. They're called earplanes. And they're these like, moldable kind of ear screws almost they look like screws that you basically twist into your ear and the idea is that it's supposed to help reduce the pressure in your ears when you're getting on a plane and normally i i don't i don't have any issues with pressure as we fly but i actually bought some on our last last trip because i dove into the lake got some water in my ear couldn't get it out and i was worried about getting on a plane with plugged ears mm-hmm. so i bought these and i mean i don't know what it would have been like had i not used it but i i didn't i didn't have a blown out eardrum yeah
0: probably would have just exploded your head right off is <laughs> my best guess <laughs>
1: okay doctor
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, yeah I, that's just I would say that's just science this is that's like just I think science.
1: your mom even uses these yeah yeah i think I, I would say they're useful
0: sure okay and they're
1: small sure why not
0: Okay, number 8 here a zipper puller. <laughs> I mean just a necessary item in every person's travel backpack, you know, like why would you bring clothes or maybe food or a passport when you can definitely bring the zipper so puller? So tell
1: me what a zipper puller does. Okay,
0: so imagine that you are This is not a men's going men's scuba accessory.
1: diving. Oh.
0: and you need to get out of that wetsuit but you can't reach all the way behind you to reach the zipper. Oh, this is that, that thing. This is that, that thing, like pull. except for it's for dresses and or anything else that you have. So if you're like traveling by yourself and you have these dresses with tricky zippers, <laughs> you attach it to it somehow and then you use this this big long rope attached to your zipper to pull it all the way up and zip you in.
1: Hmm, can't, can't say that I have any piece of clothing that I would use this for, but I don't know, maybe solo travelers out there.
0: Right. If you're trying we to get into your prom hand. dress during your backpacking trip to Europe, <laughs> this is this is a must-have. Okay. All right. A bottle of Drop-It made to remove the sulfates and tannins from your glass of wine. What? So apparently if you remove the sulfates and tannins from your wine, you will not get a hangover is what this thing claims, even though I'm sure that that's...
1: What is even... This bottle looks so mm. not legitimate. <laughs>
0: it's true. It looks like you're bringing a bottle of blood like a little bit a little tiny bottle of blood called drop it
1: well and what is in it what is it
0: i i don't know i did this these are good questions that i don't think anyone outside someone of someone explained himself would to know. me
1: have you used drop it before and i don't know i'm all you for- take this little
0: bottle and you drop a couple of drops into your glass of wine and you swirl it around inside of it and then supposedly it removes the sulfates and the tannins to. Make how you-
1: does it remove it if it If you're just adding stuff
0: to it. And I bet that if it removes those things, it probably makes the wine taste a lot worse, I would guess. I mean, nobody likes having a hangover, but I think that the tried and true hangover cure of anywhere in the world going out and buying a McDonald's cheeseburger (laughs) and then drinking one of those Yakult's, you know, those Mm. little little Mm -hmm. yogurt drinks, puncturing one of those, tossing that back, Mm. and then drinking about a gallon of water and then sleeping for four hours... I don't know why you'd mess with such a perfect hangover cure.
1: Well, I don't know, but this, I
0: guess but the, if you could but never get a hangover, this is not a hangover cure. Right, a hang- this is a pre. This is a hangover prevention. prevention. Hangover prevention. Prophylactic. Prophylactic for hangovers.
1: I don't know. Drop <laughs> it. Also, just sounds sounds bizarre. Like I don't know that I would trust that because okay. what is it? Drop it.
0: Hmm. I can't I just believe don't like the idea like of the, people putting stuff in their dr- in my drinks. You know, also <laughs> a big I difference. I don't. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Okay. Oh.
0: Here we go. Number nineteen. Could you tell us what you're seeing here?
1: This is a travel pouch, but we're looking at and the travel pouch hangs off the side strap of the bra <laughs> or a, the front of the bra.
2: It's just so I just insane. so
1: the oh. idea is that this it's a could travel you, pouch that attaches to your bra, so you <laughs> can keep it literally close. To your breasts.
0: Yeah, but I mean, could you imagine I, how sweaty that thing would well, get under any amount of clothes? Also, or? like,
1: what's the what's the way that you would get the money? It's <laughs> true. I, I couldn't imagine every time right. that I have to pay cash for something or yeah. pay credit cards for things that I'd have to reach into my shirt,
0: right. reach into your either boobs.
1: here or here <laughs> to grab money. Right. That right. draws way more attention right. than just having a wallet i don't know
0: thank you for coming to the vatican museum ma'am we need to see your passport before we can let you in
1: excuse me so hold on <laughs> yeah i don't know it would be really sweaty and really uncomfortable yes. bras are very uncomfortable as is i can't imagine adding a travel pouch to it
0: anti-chafing bands here we go protect your thighs when you're wearing that beautiful dress
1: i'm actually kind of curious about these because for those of you who have thick thighs that save lives, mm-hmm. yeah, it it is a thing like when you wear shorts or a dress and you're walking for a long amount of time, your thighs just graze and yeah. and they can chafe. So I don't know. I don't know that I would go to the extent of wearing those, but I'd be curious about if they, they have worked or I'd just wear pants. I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, so to really round this off, you know, like if you're feeling like your trip is just Missing that important part. Like let's say you're flying to Europe and you're like, you know what I don't like? Any of the European coffee. <laughs> I hate all of it. I'm gonna bring my own portable espresso oh, maker. wow. And this thing is pretty friggin' big. It
1: lets <laughs> you use huge. Nespresso pods to make your essential <laughs> yes. brew from anywhere.
0: Yes. Wow. So so you bring this you bring this gigantic piece of plastic. It's the size of like three to four coffee cups stacked on top of yeah, each other, yeah, right? Yeah. And you put an espresso pod in the top of it. You close it up, put in some hot water, and then you, like, push this big button on the front, and it squeezes the water through the Nespresso pot and then pours out espresso at the bottom.
1: I mean, it's kind of cool, but, like...
0: Maybe for a camping trip.
1: Yeah. Maybe for I a mean, camping trip. I mean, the pictures do show it in nature and in the mountains. Yeah. I don't think I would bring it on a backpacking or... Or European backpacking trip. Definitely not. <laughs> and it costs $55. That's
0: true. That's true. That is that is literally 55 espressos. And it
1: doesn't come with the pods.
0: In in anywhere in Europe. Yeah, no. And then, right, you do yeah, no. also have to bring Nespresso pods also, with you. Also, how
1: does it work? Battery operated?
0: Uh No, I think it's just like pressure. You just like jam it your thumb. How does get hot in. though? Uh, you have to like have something that makes hot water. Oh, no. And then you pour that into it. And then it oh, pushes it through the no. espresso pod. Yeah, no. so. So you also need to have all of the other things that would make coffee. And then you have this additional thing that allows you to make it. So maybe the
1: big difference here is that it takes up more space in your suitcase. A ton. Of all the things on the list, Mm -hmm. the thing that I have the most questions about is the drop it. Oh, Not even just for travel, just like for many reasons.
0: Because if like somebody came over to you you know you're like having a wine or whatever they're like oh check this out i got this weird little vial and you're gonna have no hangover tomorrow like oh no just drop a few drops of this in your drink you're gonna be like listen guy no
1: moving on to this next topic which is a a very very hot topic that we've been getting quite a bit i don't know maybe we should do a a ticker counter future lisa oh, of how many times people have called you patrick wilson <laughs> so what is this about
0: okay so have any of you guys seen these insidious series for example or maybe aquaman or maybe uh conjuring i think the conjuring i never
1: watched it but that's what people or
0: been- yeah or maybe watchman he's been in any of those hmm. sort of like big movies there's this guy named patrick wilson and i gotta say First of all what a compliment
1: mm, that yeah. is
0: a good looking dude he's a
1: very nice looking man that's a
0: good looking dude yeah and apparently the entirety of the internet <laughs> now believes that i look exactly like this guy and i just want to say thank you and what i'd love to do is just take patrick wilson to on, tokyo on a private tour in tokyo and just Fukuoka? show him all the cool stuff that we know and love and all the places that we've been the two of us <laughs> right next to each other eating sushi or like doing karaoke. Is Patrick karaoke.
1: Wilson replacing me? <laughs> the Josh and Patrick I think show. he's replacing me. <laughs> he's replacing <laughs> me.
0: Uh, honestly, an upgrade in pretty much every form. <laughs> Big time upgrade. Okay, so next thing, uh, just a real quick question from Lovers Get Lost. Apologies if you answered this before. What app do you use to keep track of what you're spending each day? So we use Trail Wallet for this. Great app. Absolutely incredible. Backs up all your stuff. It has like every single currency ever. It hasn't been updated in a very, very long time, but it's the best tool that I've found so far to just be able to quickly enter an expense and make sure that we're keeping track of all the things we're buying. So that way, when we make the videos, we can actually, like, you know, accurately report how much everything costs.
1: Next question comes from Uofw, who asks, have you thought about living somewhere for an extended length of time or actually taking steps towards migrating somewhere specifically? If you're not interested in relocating to another country, what is the greater purpose of the nomadic lifestyle? Very interesting questions, hmm. a lot to unpack there, but I, I will say, I mean, we kind of touched on this in a previous podcast. We have relocated and have a home base now, but I think that the other question about have we thought about migrating somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. All the time. Of course. Yeah.
0: Of course. I mean, all these places we go to, like, we, you know, we show up in them and they have so many, like, wonderful, incredible things and people and, like, opportunities and real healthcare. And and most
1: importantly, (laughs) public transportation. Public transportation.
0: Just like, yeah, all these things that make it so easy for us to travel there. And I think there are a lot of places that we've been to that we've, yeah. we've kind of fallen in love with for sure and would consider probably moving to for a longer period of time.
1: We have friends, we have family here, This we've spent a lot of time living here and it, it's just we're always called back to be a little bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. But have we, yeah, would we ever move outside of the U.S.?
0: I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, maybe not like forever, but definitely mm-hmm. for at least a couple of years maybe in a couple of different places Mm -hmm. to see what each of them are like, if we were lucky enough to be allowed in to do that sort of thing. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, the world is a big place. And I think to expect that I'm going to find like everything that I love in one singular country or in one singular city is just unrealistic. And, and I think that there's so many places that I've had so many great times in that I'd love to see, it from a different perspective not just from the tourist there for a week or whatever perspective but more from like a long-term slower paced thing
1: i think to touch on the question of like what is the purpose of the nomadic lifestyle right and i think we are a little bit nomadic but now we have a home base luckily we were nomadic for a few years and Mm -hmm. that was nice because it gave us flexibility and freedom and the purpose there was to try and basically see as many awesome places as we could and it was much more affordable to travel while you're abroad than to come back like all the way to the U.S. where we're from.
0: But I also think that like it sounds like this question the purpose of the nomadic lifestyle it sounds like you're kind of getting at the idea that the only purpose of traveling is to maybe find another mm-hmm. place to live in, another place to settle down in. Mm-hmm. And I think that perspective, I, I I don't think that that necessarily applies to me, mm. is that I'm not going out to Tokyo or to Seoul or to Paris or to whatever, shopping for a new home. No, I'm going out to experience the world and to see what they have going on there and to yeah. understand the culture a little bit more and to understand just the world in general a bit more. Yeah, And I think that, for me, is more than enough purpose for a nomadic lifestyle. And it's not necessarily about just trying to find a uh, new home base. Uh, some new home base or anything like that. It has nothing yeah. to do with that. Um, the of home base there, is separate.
1: Of course, there are parts of what we take from our travels. And we wish that like where we live had all of those pieces, for mm-hmm. sure. And I think that's a little bit of the purpose of our travels, is we like to see how other people live. I do think, I mean, what do you think keeps us from not moving. Because we do talk about, I mean, on a daily basis, we talk about the qualms that we have and the things that we wish we had, like universal health care or public transportation, as, as lucky as we are to be able to live here. I dream of just saying, you know, especially because my parents came to the US from a different country. They were immigrants and they just did it. I don't know why. I mean, we dream of it. I sometimes I dream of it, but it feels like it'd be such a hard thing to do.
0: For sure. For sure, moving to a new country like what your mom did. Yeah. When, you know, she moved to the United States however long ago that was. Yeah. Um 50 years? How long ago was it?
1: Yeah, about 50 years ago.
0: <laughs> moving blank slate no real job, no real anything, just like coming over and just making it work in another country.
1: Taking English language (laughs) school, yeah. That
0: seems so, so hard. So, so hard. And I don't know, yeah.
1: For now though, I think we're content and we're happy and we feel lucky to be able to do this life of like half a home base and travel from said home base because then we get all the like pieces of our lives that we love, right? Mm -hmm. Like being able to spend time with friends and family but then also being able to go out and experience the world, I think there's always a piece of me that worries that if I moved to New Zealand or mm. to wherever in the world, it would be really hard to um, to lose all of that. Yeah. So I don't know. For now, though, we're content.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for any of you out there who have done this, who have moved to a fully different country, we'd love to hear yeah. what the experience has been like cuz there may very that may very well be a thing that we try to do yeah. in a couple of years and we'd love to hear any advice you have out yeah. there but speaking of family i think that moves us on to our last question of the day so from Aaron Austin here it says like next it says next week can you talk about advice you would give your parents or their friends hmm. if they wanted to travel full time hmm we're working to do this and we're in our 60s how do we approach tech how adventurous should we be etc and i think like the center of this question is that like hey we've been like working our entire lives and we're about to approach retirement so what advice would we have for transitioning um, from like working full-time to wow. traveling full-time and we could answer this question <laughs> but my parents are just in the next room over they're here visiting so i'm just gonna see if i can grab one of them i think it'd be better to hear it <laughs> straight straight from them one sec please hold yay (laughs) okay have a seat right in the middle (laughs) okay so this is my mom here right here you've probably seen her in some of our other videos that we've done so uh the basic question here from aaron austin is they're in their 60s right now and they're just about to transition from like a lifelong work and career sort of thing and they're about to go into full-time travel or at least like part-time travel which is basically what you and dad have been doing for the past little bit, So I think they're asking for advice of like, how Mm -hmm. should we think about this? What are the challenges? How was it? Like, what was it, was it what you expected or was it harder or easier? And I guess like, did you learn anything from us along the way that you think would be useful for them? So here you
2: go. Okay. Um, I guess I would say, first of all, like about the whole, my whole life experience with travel is that when I was growing up, my parents moved around quite a bit. And so we lived in different countries and we lived in different cities and different states. And I actually really enjoyed that experience of traveling around. So my whole working career where I was stuck in one place, all I thought about is, well, when I retire, we're gonna be able to travel some more. I'm gonna be able to just get out and see the world again. And so that is maybe different from a lot of people's experiences but that's where I came from. So I'm always, I think travel is kind of my happy place and it's something I super enjoy. So having said that, um, as far as preparing like to travel after retirement, I did learn a lot from live kids who like to travel, which is (laughs) extremely helpful. (laughs) And um, YouTube has been extremely helpful. I I watch a lot of videos of other people doing travel and sort of taking mental notes on that. And of course I've got sort of a, a wish list built up of places I'd like to see and, you know, places I've never been before. So I guess what I would say if you are nearing retirement and you you also have the travel bug and think that's something you really want to do, I would say spend the last couple of years of your working life preparing for it mm. because that gives you like a dream and a goal. It makes those last couple of years of work go faster. I know it certainly helped me (laughs) because I had just because of my job situation, I actually had to work two years beyond my expected retirement date, which was uh, kind of a blow. (laughs) But I spent those two years like preparing for the life I wanted. And so if you're close to retirement, think about it as this is like your exit ramp. You can spend this time being excited and preparing for the thing that you want to do. Did
1: you guys know 2 years before you were retire you were going to retire that that was like the thing the way you wanted to live out your retirement was to travel full time yeah
2: yeah we we really did cuz you know we have we have family that we visit and of course kids that we spend time with and we have a cabin that we go to but then as far as like our really big retirement goal the thing that we really didn't feel we had enough time for before when we were working mm-hmm. was travel cuz before the longest I could ever get away from work or both of us could ever get away from work was two weeks. Yeah. And that was like a big deal to be able to go somewhere new for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Whereas once we retired, freedom. then it was like, oh, if we want to stay for a month or if we just get to that one place and then we see a place that we want to just move on to and just keep traveling, we're going to be able to do that. We've never had that freedom yeah. before. Yeah. So like my four top hints for preparing to be a, a traveler in retirement. <laughs> All right, hit us with it. Prepared. Right. Okay. we Love it. Okay. The first one is spend those last couple of years saving your money and saving credit card points. And the credit card points are almost as important as the money. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't sure how to do that, these are the guys to turn to. <laughs> oh, come on they have done videos on this, and they have, like, a Skillshare on it and stuff. And they helped us, like, so much with that piece of it because as old people – we really didn't know much about the whole credit card point system, and they, they got us to saving and building up those points so that our first really big trip we took, we got our flights for free, we got a lot of our hotels for free. It just made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So save up your money, save up your points, figure out how to work with your credit cards to make that happen. So that'd be the first thing you do as you're, as you're getting ready to retire. And then the other thing you want to do is talk to your travel partner and you want to come up with some kind of a wish list. You want to discuss where each of you wants to go or where you both want to go and maybe start kind of ranking it or deciding, Mm. well, once we get to that part of the world, what else do we want to see in that part of the world? Or do we want to just start in America? Do we want to see all the national parks? You know, make your list so that you can you can keep you can start dreaming on that and start building up knowledge by watching videos, talking to your friends, talking to your kids, whatever, Mm. building up knowledge towards being able to take those trips. That's a great tip because if you don't have that goal, you don't know how to save for it either. Yeah, right. The third thing that I think a lot of people don't think about is if you're really serious about traveling a lot in retirement, what does that mean about your housing situation? Mm. For us, it meant selling our big family home and buying a condo. Because if you really seriously plan to be gone, like we're gone about six months a year, and if that's what you're thinking of doing, do you want to have a big house to maintain? Do you want to have to hire a house sitter? Do you want to have to hire somebody to mow your lawn and shovel your snow while you're gone? Or or do you want to just immediately choose a more low-maintenance lifestyle? Mm -hmm. So you know, something to just toss around in your mind. I'm sure most people don't want to give up their family home and all that. But think about in your head, okay, if I'm really serious about traveling a lot, what does that mean for how I maintain my house and my car and those big permanent items that I have at home right now? That's a really good point. And then I would say the fourth thing is, and this sounds minor, but it turns out to be real important, start watching those packing videos. (laughs) Because what you pack and how you carry it around with you has a huge impact on the way you're going to enjoy your travel. So, you know, think about what type of, tra- are you a minimalist traveler? Are you the type who doesn't mind like hauling three suitcases with you? What types of items are you going to need? Because you're going to need specific items when you travel that you don't use at home. And really, if you take off on your first big trip and you haven't thought that through, it's going to, you're going to be like wishing you had. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, it's something else to think about while you're, while you're ramping up to do big travels. What am I going to take? What am I going to wear? Am I a suitcase or am I a backpack person or, or what type of traveler am I? Think it through. Don't just jump off the cliff without thinking that part mm-hmm. through either.
1: Those are really great tips. I feel like I haven't thought of those before. Um, where would you guys say, how, how would you say your guys' travels have evolved in the last few years? Like, were you guys adventurers? Were you guys road trippers? Were you minimalists? And where are you now?
2: Okay, I would say we started before we could retire. We started as road trippers, Mm. I would say. We have traveled all over the country as far as you can go in like 10 days. Yeah, (laughs) Um, And I think we learned to be minimalist because we discovered that it's easier and you have a lot more fun if you aren't bringing a lot of literal baggage with you.
0: (laughs) Or emotional baggage.
2: (laughs) Any of it, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so we've road tripped all over the country and just kind of honed our Mm -hmm. travel skills doing that. And then as we got closer to retirement and our employers were giving us a little bit more vacation time, we started traveling over in Europe. And that is a really easy, I would say, if you want to do international travel, but you're a little nervous about it because maybe you haven't done it before, start with like an English speaking country like go to London, you know, Mm -hmm. very, very simple way to to really dip your toe in, or almost any European country, uh, like Germany, for instance, so many people speak English. And that's a that's what we did. We went to we went to England, we went to London, we went to Switzerland, we went to just countries where there's a lot of English speakers. And yet it was a completely foreign country. And we had to learn some foreign travel skills. Yeah. And That's how we, that's how we started out. How do you guys
1: decide where you pick to go? Like, do you guys Mm -hmm. always align in your wish list?
2: I would say for the most part we do. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I would say for the most part we do. Um, You know, part of it too is like weather related. Like I like going to warmer countries. (laughs) My husband enjoys like cooler weather. So we do some compromising on that. Like just recently we did a trip to alaska which was something he was really looking forward to <laughs> and then we did a trip to hawaii after that which was something i was really looking forward to so you can you can definitely mm-hmm. like do little compromises like that too
0: okay so to wrap this part up what do you think would be your number one tip for people who are transitioning from this life of like 9 to 5 work and then downshifting it sounds like downshifting into a life of like full-time travel of making that transition happen, not like logistically, but like emotionally, how to deal with that transition.
2: That actually is a big transition Mm -hmm. because if you're like most people, you take your job very seriously, you you know, you think about it night and day, you put a lot of effort into it. And then to have that be like pulled from your life and now the rest of your world is open to you, seems like it would just be a dream come true. But there is definitely an adjustment to that Mm -hmm. because now you have all that energy that has to be redirected to something else. And so that's, you know, even beyond just travel, thinking about how you're gonna redirect all of your energy is definitely worth thinking about. But specifically for travel, that, that meant that I had to learn to slow down because when you have a job you're used to you have to get up at a certain time you've got to be somewhere in a specific time you've got deadlines to meet all the time and all of a sudden when you're retired you know if you go to a city you don't have to get up at 7 a.m and see the whole city by noon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so that was that was maybe the challenge maybe for me specifically was just just learning to pace myself And so it takes a little, it's going to take a little time to learn to reset the way you pace your life, Mm -hmm. but you will enjoy travel more if you can, if you can do that, if you can learn to pace yourself when you travel and, and enjoy the moment and realize that it's not all going to go according to schedule. You're going to have your little itinerary (laughs) and it's not all going to happen (laughs) and it's going to be okay. That's super helpful. Okay. Thank you. That's
0: it. See, I told you that was going to be better than me trying to explain it. I told (laughs) you that was going to be better. Straight okay. from the source. All right, so that is it for today's Travel Support Thursday. Thank you guys so much for watching. Leave your questions down in the comments below, and we will uh, we'll see you next week.
2: Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>